Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. This is your host, Liz Fidler, again, always. So today we are going to talk about types of cut flowers, and I'm going to try really hard to make this fun, but I think it's really important as you listen through the other episodes so that you understand what this stuff means, because otherwise it, it, it just doesn't seem to make sense. So it's kind of a vocab lesson, but I promise I'm going to try to make it fun as best I can. Maybe I'll try to tell a funny story about all of them, or I, I don't know, we'll see. We'll see what comes out of my mouth right now. <laughs> Um, so starting with tender annuals. All right. I think everyone knows that we have annuals and we have perennials. I know this is what's going to make it funny. I also work as a nurse practitioner and perennial is a word that I use all the time at my flower job. And perennial is a word that I use at my NP job talking about the perennial area. And anyway, sometimes I just automatically spell it wrong. And I notice like once in a while in my captions and my sunny Mary metal post of like type in perineal area. I'm like, oh my God, I just talked about someone's butt crack. You know, because people come in with infections and chafing and, you know, annuals and perennials, not perineals. Sorry, maybe that was a really hard reach trying to lighten up a conversation, but you're all still here listening, or at least I hope. So we start with tender annuals. These are basically annuals that you plant in the spring after your last frost. So in my area, that's May 15th. You start them from seed, takes a couple months to flower, and then when the frost comes, they die. Uh, Good examples of those are zinnias, sunflowers, cosmos, and basil. You know, a lot of these, you start them just directly from seed in the ground, but a lot of them, you can start them up in trays to give them a little bit of a head start. We talked about days to maturity for a lot of these flowers, and so a lot of times in a place like Minnesota, zone four, with a short growing season, only... 120 days of growing, they're going to need a lot longer to actually get blooms and get something out of them. So sometimes you start them ahead of time, but that's what tender annuals are. Then we go to hardy annuals. They're also annuals because you plant them and then they usually die at the end of the year, essentially. They don't come back year after year like perennials, but they can handle a frost. So I started really experimenting in adding these in year three. Year two, I added a few of them, but year three, I read this book by Lisa Mason Ziegler called Cool Flowers, and I'm going to link it on the podcast post on my website, and it talks about flowers that can handle frost. In her book, she's growing out on the East Coast. It's just a totally different zone than here. We literally have a foot of snow on the ground right now, and we're supposed to get pounded with 15 inches of snow tomorrow, and it's almost March here in Minnesota. So her cool flowers doesn't quite work here when it's literally sub-zero temperatures a lot of the times. You know, her thing is you can plant a lot of them in the fall, and then you cover them with frost cloth and overwinter them and then really early spring you'll have flowers that doesn't quite work but you can cover it with frost cloth so that the ground doesn't quite freeze and you can get things planted a lot earlier and then still get blooms a lot earlier so that's what I've really been focusing on so that I have something between tulips and when the rest of my tender annuals are blooming like the week after the 4th of July you know plant them in early spring I talked about this in another episode but what I like to do is I like to leave my black landscape fabric down so that the soil heats up sooner and then I can till it and I can work it into the ground earlier. And typically these flowers will flower earlier and then they fade once the weather gets hot. So Arlia, False Queen Anne's Lace, Stock, Salvia, Bells of Ireland, and Nigella. About half of those can be direct seeded just straight into the ground. 
And then the other half, I do start in trays. I bought a whole flat of Bells of Ireland to plant in the ground or to transplant in the ground as plugs. But my stock, oh, I did buy I did buy a few trays of stock too. But salvia is so easy to start in seeds, start from seeds. You do it six weeks before, you know, you plant them out. So that'll actually be mid-March that I'll start those. But they're they're hard to kill. They're hard to unlive. So I will do those. But anything that's easy to kill, I just don't mess around and buy it in plugs now because I don't have time to baby seeds. Another flower that I, I don't think here in year four is the year to focus on them, but maybe, but I definitely think that I could benefit from them. And that's biannuals. The first year, all you get is leaves. And then the second year you get flowers. So they'll flower, die, turn to seed, try to live again. Foxglove and Sweet William are two varieties that have been genetically modified certain varieties where they will flower in the first year. It's just not as big of blooms, but they will flower in their first year. So quite honestly, I don't mess with them yet because I just don't have the space for them. You need to dedicate a space that isn't going to bloom this year and then they'll bloom next year. Again, it'll really pay off because then, you know, you usually get those blooms in June. And like I said, what I really struggle to have anything from the first week of June till the 4th of July. And my customers do want them because they're so excited after tulips. And, you know, like I said, it'll be a couple years before my peonies are really producing the way I want to. So we'll just see. You usually plant them actually mid-summer because you want them to be established and growing about six to eight weeks before the last frost. So for here, that's mid-September. So you start them around mid-August. So that would be nice because I'm probably not planting much else at that point because most of my annuals I usually quit planting sunflowers and everything about mid-July so I don't know we'll see I think that's something that I need to look into a little more but I really just I don't have the space to dedicate to something that's not going to produce a flower this year and the year that they're not producing flowers they're not even pretty they're just kind of green and kind of no fuss I don't I don't have room for high maintenance stuff So I don't know. We'll see. The next category, and I'm going to use category really loosely because they're all very different. You really need to learn individually about all of them. But I'm going to say bulbs, corms, and tubers. And people think they're all the same thing, but they're really not. Tulip bulbs, dahlia tubers, ranunculus corms. But basically, they're kind of a, a big root system. Some of them you can leave in the ground year after year if you're not cutting them, like tulips. And then they'll come back year after year in Minnesota. Dahlias, if you live in a really warm climate where the soil doesn't freeze, above the ground can freeze. That's fine. But the soil can't freeze or it'll kill the whole thing. If above the ground freezes, then yes, the plant dies, but you can put some mulch on it. And as long as the tuber doesn't freeze, it'll come back year after year. Whereas in Minnesota, you have to dig those up in the fall store them, divide them. It's a whole big thing. It's literally its own industry. I would say dahlias are um, within the cut flower industry. And I don't think we're going to able to be able to do that in one episode. We're going to need multiple episodes on dahlias. Probably do that one in the fall just because that's when you're digging them up and dividing them. But I don't know. We'll see. Depending on what they are, some you plant in the fall, some you plant in the spring. Like I said, they're not really the same category, but people think they are. Tulips you plant in the fall, dahlias you plant in the spring. Around here, tulips have to go through a freeze or a not necessarily a freeze I think it's just a cold period I feel like 35 degrees is sufficient but essentially a hard freeze and then they store up energy and can produce another flower the next year perennials they come back year after year so they typically the greenery will die back when it freezes and usually every year 
They get bigger with more flowers each year. They usually have a narrow window of bloom time, but they can be very, very useful for cut flowers, especially if you focus on ones that bloom earlier in the summer. Keep in mind, a lot of them don't have a very good vase life, like irises, for example. A couple days. If I sold a ton of bouquets of irises, I love them, but I don't think my customers would love them if they die after two days. I cut them and bring them inside because they're pretty, but they only live a few days. I have rows of sedum, coneflower, and phlox, and that's in my, I think they're like 65-foot rows, which is a really random length, but that's what I have already in these long rows. And then this spring, actually, I'm planting some rows of delphinium and yarrow. The delphinium will come back year after year, and they should produce flowers already this year along with the yarrow. So I'm excited about that. You know, one thing that when it comes to perennials, and you know, you see it all the time with like lilies and hostas and people just have these huge plants that they do need dividing after a while. So when you divide them up, you know, a lot of times you just dig up the whole plant, cut it in half or in thirds. So the first year it sleeps, year two it creeps, year three it leaps, and then usually year four it heaps and you got to divide it and start the cycle all over again. It's kind of like the haircut. Like when you get a haircut, like, okay, yep, the day before your haircut, it's looking great and you're regretting it. Like, why am I getting this? I don't know. There are some useful vines for cut flowers. I don't know. I don't really use a whole lot of these, but like clematis, the climbing vines, those flowers itself don't live a long time. But if you let them die back naturally and just use the vine and put that in the vase and then the pods, I don't know. It can look kind of pretty in, I call it floral art arrangements, which I don't do. I don't do floral art. I'm not an artist. I don't make pretty arrangements. I don't, my, my customers are used to my style. They like my style. They like my bouquets. Leave that up to the experts. I think eventually I'll start taking more floral arrangement classes, but that's, that's not what I market. And quite frankly, my customers don't want to pay for it. And that's okay. Like I just, I I think there's a market for it, but not with my audience. They don't want to pay $80 for a big arrangement. They want to pay $30 for the same flowers. They're not going to be perfectly symmetrical and they can move them around. They can cut them and they can, you know, and and I'm mindful of how I arrange them, but I don't, I think what keeps my style is, you know, maybe it's 10 different kinds of flowers, 15 stems total, and it just has more of a wildflower whimsical look. Yeah. So I don't use a lot of vines on mine or in mine, but can be done. Shrubs. So some of my favorite that I use around here are Russian sage and spirea. So spirea, actually, you can drive around town and probably see a ton of spirea bushes or plants around people's landscaping. You can trim them back. They flower in the spring, usually around peony time. I really use like to use the pink ones with white peonies in a vase. It ends up really pretty. And then again, Russian sage, more of a shrub bush, but you just add a lot of spike and height. Um, they remind me a lot of salvia. And then the last type of cut flower category that I want to touch on is actually flowering trees. So around here, that's like pussy willow and flowering crab trees. You have to pick them when they're barely opening. Otherwise, the petals are going to fall off. And it's really only pretty for a few days. But you can put some of those branches you know, into a big arrangement. Not necessarily a bouquet, but a big arrangement. But I will use some of them in the fall with certain colors of dahlias it ends up being really pretty where I take the branches with just the berries on them and I put those in the vase I make sure I take all of the leaves off the twigs and you know I just use really small twigs not necessarily branches for the most part I use mason jars for my flowers yeah that can end up being just really pretty and useful 
And then another thing that people don't really think about, but I use a ton of it because I have a lot of them growing in my grove of trees, is actually raspberries. Eat them in June when they have berries. There's two different kinds of raspberries, primocanes and floricanes, where they make a second shoot and then the berries are on that one the next year. I like to cut them for the greenery and just use them as leaves in the fall. And they end up just really pretty and they last a long time in the vase. But I just make sure that I'm cutting from the ones that produced berries this year. And you can tell because the branches are a lot more woody and those need to be cut anyway. But if you cut the other branches, then they're not going to produce berries the next year. So you got to be really careful. So don't come at me if you... (laughs) kill your raspberry crops you won't kill them they just might not produce as many berries the next year but you just got to be careful about which ones you cut but again like as you listen to the podcast and you hear me talking about like tender annuals hardy annuals perennials corms tubers that's kind of what all of these things mean yeah I don't know hopefully I made it not so boring but it's it's necessary not everything is super fun so you just kind of kind of kind of go through the vocab what questions do you have for me Abby I have only one, mm-hmm. and it may be a stupid question. There are no... Well. <laughs> it, it may be a stupid question. So you were talking about biannuals. Yep. So do you only get one year of flowering off of them, or is it like an every other thing? Nope. It's, they die after two years. Okay. So you yep. plant it. It's green. Next year comes back flowers, and then you got to dig it up and start all over. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Some, like I said, there are some varieties that will produce the first year, but it'll be small and a few stems and then, yeah. Okay. That seems like a lot of work for only one year of flowers. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) If I, if I, I mean, put it this way, if I am ever having like rows of biannuals, I've either got too many employees, too much time on my hands. Like I just, I don't know, Brent and I were talking about it. So Brent, flower farmer, fiance, I just don't think that there's a huge market for something like that within my business and within my customer base that takes that much effort. I mean, nobody's coming here for the sweet William. And plus, foxglove is really pretty, but it's poisonous. Oh, that's um, wonderful. So I try not to grow things that are going to be poisonous to the cat. So I don't know. I just I just don't have a market for growing it. I mean, I don't think anyone would come here for that. And it's just, if they're that much work. Yeah. It feels like a limited edition shoe drop that yeah. people wait out in line in LA for. Yeah. But not there. It's not a central Minnesota nope, thing. Nope, exactly. And so it's knowing your audience. I mean, who knows? Maybe people are like, oh, I was going to buy from you, but you didn't have any Sweet William in late June, so whatever. But again, it just depends. I think there are options to have blooms in June, but I think I have other plans and I don't know. We'll see. Maybe if I unalive a ton of <laughs> ranunculus. So Ashley, if she's listening, I'm using your term. I'm stealing your term, unalive. If I unalive a lot of ranunculus, then who knows? Maybe the peonies didn't do great and I don't explore other options for season extension okay that's all I had for questions all right sounds good thanks for listening to the sunny Mary Meadow podcast I'm your host Liz if you like what you're hearing please subscribe and rate us you can find us on Instagram Pinterest and Facebook at sunny Mary Meadow subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com and if you have questions or comments or anything to say we would love to hear from you you can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com 